The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the DGen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back and it's free to enter with $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got our first half unders bingo, both contests on the SGPN app. Howdy, OG Generitos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 312. We're going to send this one out to uh, SGPN Discord member Crunch with an H before the NCH. Uh, no particular reason. He's just usually popping in the Discord and giving us all kinds of little nuggets and stuff during fight night as well as during the week. So, he deserves to have an episode dedicated to him. And if you'd like to have an episode dedicated to you, get in on that Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Now, who am I to be giving away episodes, uh, dedications? I, of course, am Daniel Gubby Freeland, host here of this podcast. Been on all 312 episodes. No big deal. Uh, and joining me today is somebody filling in for my usual co-host, Jeff Chalkbox, who has not been on 360, or, uh, 312 episodes. Joining me this week yet again to break down the main card of the loaded UFC 286 fight card out of London is Kurt Chase Patrick. Kurt, uh, as far as trilogies go, because we, we've had a huge bunch of trilogies in the UFC. As far as trilogies go, wh- where would you rank this one? Is this uh, obviously it doesn't feel Chuck Tito esque, but like where do you put this one? Well, according to uh, Joe Rogan, this is the biggest fight in <laughs> UFC history. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like and don't get me wrong, like big fight, honestly, a big trilogy. I'll explain that in a second. But like I was kind of cringing listening to the 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 pre-fight show. It's like, so dude, bad like, every time. <laughs> stop saying that every time. You just had John Jones fight. Clearly a much bigger fight. John Jones coming back after a three year layoff, winning the heavyweight title. Um. But as far as trilogies goes, this is a solid, solid trilogy because I think, you know, going into that last fight, it was the first time, I believe, for a title that fighters were fighting both on 10 uh, plus win streaks. You know, Usman, I think at the time with John Jones out of the picture, I think he was probably the clear number one pound for pound fighter in the sport. Mm-hmm. He was creeping up on, uh, you know, GSP for welterweight go. On and on and on, and, uh, you know, Leon Edwards comes out there and just throws one of the most insane kicks at the insane time. It's just, it's got a lot going for it. It's in London, which I like that factor. Yeah, it's a really big trilogy. Not the biggest fight ever, but, uh, (laughs) man, this is a really, really big fight. I'm super, super excited for it. Their need to make everything superlative is, it's just, dude, it's the worst. Uh, Because, like... Don't get me wrong. Like like you said, that John Jones fight last week, huge fight, right? Huge fight with John Jones. Huge to see him go all that way and, and do all that and and come back from so much. Granted, a lot of it's self-imposed. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. They, they kept talking about it as if it was the greatest heavyweight fight of all time. As if 
surreal gain had not just been beat by a guy who's no longer in the UFC, right? Like, don't get me wrong, huge for John, but not the biggest fight ever. Do you not remember sitting somewhere and getting ready for Brock Lesnar versus Shane Carwin? Because let me tell you what felt big. Brock Lesnar versus Shane Carwin or Brock Lesnar versus Randy Couture or Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir 2. You know, Stipe versus Francis Ngannou 2. Conor versus Khabib. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, and and I was only mentioned heavyweight ones. But yes, like also every other division, Conor versus – in all of those fights (laughs) to Joe Rogan – as he's selling you in this this package, less important than Kamara Usman versus Leon Edwards three. Um, nevertheless, it I is get, good. F- I get he's got to like like, yeah, he's got to he's got to beef it up. But maybe just maybe just say something a little bit different. Like one of the biggest fights you could make, one of the biggest trilogies in history. I mean, maybe okay, maybe you could say the biggest fight in welterweight history. And I, I probably don't think that's true, but at I least think that's you not true. Say that. Could could that possibly be bigger than like I'm trying to think of which GSP fight I think is biggest because like I think there's probably half a dozen GSP fights that are bigger than this one. Right, and but like, at least that wouldn't be like an, an out of this world claim, you know what I, I'm saying? It, exactly, yeah, yeah. But like I mean, uh, yeah, like GSP versus Carlos Condit, uh, GSP versus BJ Penn at UFC 94 um, when he defended the welterweight title, you know, GSP going in and getting the title back, although granted it was an interim title by submitting Matt Hughes. Like that one was huge. Um, I mean, the first time he head kicked Matt Hughes was huge. Yeah, but um, okay, let me let me ask you this talking about welterweight monster fights. What fight was bigger, this or either one of the Masvidal Usman fights? Because Masvidal obviously was one of those transcendent stars uh, at the time. He still had a little bit juice to him. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, in terms of hype, Masvidal. In terms of actual skill, and we should care about it. This one, right? And exactly. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm point. gonna counter. I actually have decided now what the biggest fight in welterweight history is, and we've both missed it. The biggest welterweight fight is not any of the ones we just mentioned. It is, of course, Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, too. <laughs> yeah, that's that is uh, that's true. That's a big one. Um, Notorious welterweight fight, obviously. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, too. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Crazy no, that, uh, we gotta feel like we're get off on a crazy tangent. But, uh, man, a long time ago for that one, too, which is which is wild. Yeah, and now we got Connor potentially coming back if he can uh, get off the sauce and get to a weight class that Michael Chandler will actually fight him at. Uh, all interesting things, but those are interesting things for a different time. As you mentioned, we've been off on a tangent, and we've got some fights to break down. Uh, granted, not quite as many fights as we did on our last show. If you're looking for the UFC 286 prelims, you can go back one show, download that, listen to it first. It'll, of course, give you the breakdown of all 10 of those fights. We're going to give you the five-fight main card here, as well as our locks, dogs, and our props, as well as our Hungry Man Jong Superfan Parlay. Uh, But before we get to any of that, uh, let me quickly let you know, this is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. Be on the lookout for WinBet's win hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time where WinBet during win hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here, so there's so many ways to get in on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, get 100. 
limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you're going to get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head on over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where we play through WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, the DGEN Dance, our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes is up for grabs. Plus, we've got our first half unders bingo contest where you can win an SGPN gift card. Both of those contests available only on the SGPN app. All right, so let's get to breaking down some actual fights. We're going to start this episode with a pair of middleweights, Marvin Vittori versus Roman Dolidze. Uh, we'll kick it off first with the favorite, Marvin Vittori, the Italian dream, 29 years old. He is 18, 5, and 1, 6 foot tall, 74 inch reach. That's going to put him at two inches of disadvantage on both of those accounts. He's 8, 4, and 1 in his UFC career. He was 5 and 0 in Benador before that. He is going to be a negative 305 favorite in this fight against Roman Delizzi, the Georgian, who goes by the nickname the Caucasian, which is the first time I've seen that. I feel like that's kind of new. The Caucasian is 34 years old, five years older than Vittori, surprisingly. 12 and 1 in his pro career, 6'2", 76 inch reach. He's 6 and 1 in his UFC career and is 1-4 straight. He's going to be betting off at plus 240. So, uh, I'm going to let the guest kick it off in this one. Kurt, uh, who, are you, who are you going with here? Am I crazy that these lines seem like far too far apart? Insane. I was going to say the same thing. Literally have it written down. These are insane lines. Like I think, okay, so, so and I've gone like super back and forth on this one. Very excited for the fight. I love the stylistic matchup. I mean, Roma Delice is probably a more explosive striker than Marvin Vittori. Fact. He might not be as – well, I, I should say he's definitely not as good of a wrestler as Vittori. But, dude, his ground game is really freaking good to the point where I think he can give Vittori a lot of problems there. At um, least sweep, right? Like, that's the other thing is, like, at least use a leg lock to get back to his feet. That that was mostly yeah. my thinking on his. So, like, seeing near plus 300 odds seemed, like, wild. Um. So, so okay, so – from a betting standpoint, I mean, dude, that's that's a great underdog to throw money on because I think at the end of the day, I'm going to pick Vittori. And, and now, I, if Vittori was like a minus, minus 175, even like a minus 200, I think that's a little bit more fair. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, go with Vittori pretty confidently. But, dude, if you're getting near plus 300 odds in Roman Delize, whether you think Vittori is going to win or not, I think that is a super, super good bet. Yeah, I'm definitely and, throwing money on on uh, Delize at the, at those odds. Yeah, and I, I don't know how long we will get those odds because I think when, I I keep thinking money is going to come in on Delize and lower that down closer to like you said, Vittori negative one seventy five and and Delize at like plus a you know one forty or something like that would make sense. And I think too, I, I'm with you on this one. Gun to my head, you tell me I got to pick the right winner or I die. I'm probably going to put my my lot in with Marvin Vittori here. I think he's got a better than 50-50 chance to win this. But if you tell me I got 100 bucks and I got to put it on one of these two, it's Roman Delizzi every time. I think the jiu-jitsu game, the sweeps he's going to have in this one, the fact that when he is on the feet, he is going to be more dangerous. Yeah, give me Delizzi in this one. I'll, I'll take him all day in this. So uh, we're both, at least from a value standpoint, going with Delizzi on this one. And that brings us back to flyweight. It seems like a theme of this uh, this card 
this card is filled with flyweights, and we're getting another pair here in Jennifer Maya, aforementioned. We talked about her on a previous our previous episode. She's going to be fighting the hot prospect Casey O'Neill. Maya, 34 years old. She's 29 in one in her pro career. She's five foot four with a 64 inch reach. That's going to put her at a two inch reach or a two inch height disadvantage in a five inch reach disadvantage. She was five and five in the UFC. She was four and two in Invicta before that, where she was also their champion. King Casey O'Neill, 25 years old. She is nine years younger than Jennifer Maya, nine and zero in her pro career, five foot six, 69 inch reach. She's 4-0 in her UFC career. She was 4-0 in Eternal MMA, which is a very popular Australian promotion before this. And she is going to be a negative 165 favorite here against Jennifer Maya at plus 140. I'm going to go with the prospect. Uh, I wavered a little bit on this one because I'm a little bit worried about her knee. Uh, I know she had surgery and she, she was banged up and she was off for a while. I, I know Jennifer Maya is a tough out for pretty much anybody. She kind of showed that her last fight. But at the end of the day, I, I just think Casey O'Neill's got enough weapons. She showed us a whole bunch of skills, whether it be taking somebody's back or, you know, striking from range. I, I think she's got enough here that should be able to take care of Jennifer Maya. So I'm going to go with the slight favorite O'Neill. How about you? Love the step up for uh, Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill seems like she is the goods. She's shown that in her uh, four UFC fights. But again, Jennifer Maya is a girl that fights everybody tough, right? She fought the former champ. Valentina tough. Um, she you know, she, she fought, fought Manolfi Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So like, this is a big, big step up and a big test for Casey O'Neill. But I, I do think she has the skills to pass that test. Now, I would be a little bit worried if Maya does start going to, um, you know, more of a wrestling uh, attack, which she probably actually will. You know, if she can get Casey O'Neill against the cage, she does have good takedowns. She does have um, good control on top. She's big for the weight class. I think O'Neal might struggle, but I'm going O'Neal by de- by decision here. I think she, I think she gets it done. Yeah, I, I think she's probably going to go to the grappling department, but I will say this. I, I think I've seen enough of her, like, failing on some takedowns that make me feel like O'Neal can keep it on the feet long enough. Like, if you go back to her fight with, with Caitlin Chokagian, the second one, because she did actually fight her twice. She was 0-2 in taking down Caitlin Chokagian. Uh, you know, she was 1-4 in taking down Manon Row. So that means in her last three fights, she's she's 1-6. Not that those two aren't tough to take down, but, like, you know, I put Casey O'Neill probably uh, just a barely a step below that. So I think she's going to keep her feet here and probably win this one. Um, and that brings us to... Uh, our longest odds on the entire card. And that's, of course, Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarena stepping in here on short-ish notice. He did get a little bit of a warning here, but short-ish notice. Uh, Gunnar Nelson, nicknamed Gunny, 34 years old. He's a year older than Brian Barbarena. 18-5-1 in his pro career. He's 5'11", 72-inch reach. That is virtually identical, to steal the words of the great Mike Goldberg, uh, to Brian Barbarena. He's nine and five in the UFC, but he's been gone for almost a year to the day. He will be one day off of a year by the time we get to fight time. Uh, and he, of course, is is a very noted Abu Dhabi level grappler. I mean, he beat Jeff Munson. The guy's a, a killer on the mats. He's going to be fighting Brian Barbarena. Bam Bam is 33 years old, a year younger than Nelson, 18 and nine in his pro career, an inch taller than Gunny Nelson. He is nine and seven in his 
UFC career. He's coming off of a loss to Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, and he is going to be a plus 340 underdog to Gunnar Nelson at negative 455. Who you got in this one, Kurt? Uh, I like I like Gunnar Nelson here, man. And uh, who was who was Gunnar supposed to fight prior? To he was this? supposed to fight Daniel uh, Rodriguez, and it's a huge bummer that he isn't. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I agree with that. I think that's a little bit more of an interesting fight. But I think if you're if you're looking at guys that if I'm Gunnar Nelson, I want to fight. Although, you know, Barbarina's nasty, too. I mean, he's got really good striking, but I think I'd rather fight Barbarina than, than Danny Rodriguez. Yeah, um, and I, I think I think mostly to, to, to Gunny's style, too. Not just like – I'm not just saying that default because, like you said, Brian Barbarina likes to bang, too. But, like, for Gunnar Nelson's style, you would rather fight Brian Barbarina. Yeah, it's it's – the thing with Gunnar Nelson is he's just like – you know, he just takes such long periods of time off out of the cage and especially him getting older. Now, you don't know what you're going to get. I still think he's going to have enough grappling chops to, um, take Barbarina down, but there's going to be times and we've seen Gunnar Nelson, um, throughout his career. Like he, he does get hit a lot. He does get hurt at times. Um, I think Barbarina is going to make it interesting, but, uh, I think for my money, Gunnar Nelson gets him to the ground and, uh, finishes him. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I will say this, it, not just levels of inactivity for Gunnar Nelson outside of the cage, inside of the cage, too. Sometimes it just seems like that dude is taking a break, does it not? Um, and in, like, a super frustrating way. But to, to your point about the grappling, here's the thing. Let me run down the numbers of guys who have fought Brian Barberena and taken him down. Rafael Dos Anjos, in his last fight, took him down four times. Robbie Lawler never did, but that's 150-year-old Robbie Lawler at this point. Matt Brown took him down five times. Darren Weeks took him down four times. Jason, the vanilla gorilla wit, took him down eight times. Anthony Ivey, Aquaman, took him down five times. Like, no offense to Brian Barberena, but, like, the weakest part of his game is his takedown defense. And he's going to happen to be on the mat with an absolute killer. You'll only have to go to the ground once with Gunny to be for it to be all over. So yeah, give me Gunnar Nelson, even at the inflated odds. Um, all right, let's head on over to the co-main event. But quickly, before we get to the co-main event, let me let you know that we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has all your favorite college basketball player props. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, so we are now to the portion of the card that I am the most excited for, and that is the co-main event, 155-pound contest between Justin Gaethje and Rafael Faziev. So the highlight, Justin Gaethje, 34 years old, 23 and four in his career. He's five foot 11 with a 70 inch reach. That's going to give him three inches of height advantage, but one and a half reach, one and a half inches of reach disadvantage. Faziev actually going to have the reach advantage here. He's six and four in his UFC career. He was 10 and 0 in World Series of Fighting before that, where he was their longstanding champ. He is going to be fighting Rafael Faziev, Adamon is 30 years old, four years younger than Gaethje, 12 and one in his pro career, five foot eight, 71 and a half inch reach. He is six and one in the UFC, including winning six straight. He's going to be the negative 235 betting favorite here against Gaethje. Gaethje, the plus 190 dog. Uh, and I believe this one's on me. 
I'm going to be going with the favorite again here. Um, I thought about picking Gaethje for a while. I went back and I thought about all of Gaethje's losses. And Gaethje's losses are all... He, he Look, the dude loves to come and swing him and bang him, right? Like, that's his thing. He, he likes to get in the pocket. He likes to get hit. He likes to get hit people. And all of his losses are fights where he got hit by somebody he couldn't recover from, right? Dustin Poirier hit him. He couldn't recover from that. Uh, Charles Oliveira hit him. Couldn't recover from that. You know, the, the guys who hit hard put him away. And they do that time and time again. You know, with the exception of his loss to Habib, Every single one of his losses has been to a guy who, when they hit him, they put him out. Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, and Charles Oliveira have all hit him hard enough to damage him. And if you look at all of his wins, it's all against guys who aren't putting people away regularly. Tony Ferguson, Donald Cerrone, Edson Barboza, James Vick, Michael Johnson. And I guess we could throw Michael Chandler in there, but like Chandler hasn't been a big finisher of late anyway. Uh, And even he had him hurt pretty damn bad. So I just think Faziev, with the amount he's going out there and hurting people recently, with what he did to RDA, with what he did to Brad Riddell, with what he did to Hanato Moicano, I just don't imagine one of those punches lands on Gaethje's chin and he doesn't take a nap. Um, so I'm going to go with Faziev here. I, I think he's a pretty – I actually think he's a pretty safe pick in this fight. How about you? This is a, this is a tough fight, man. It's a good, good-ass fight, too. Um yeah, it's really, I mean, a big step up for I mean, we'll see if, uh, if he is the goods. I'm going Gaethje, though. I, uh, I've been a long-time Gaethje fan. I usually, uh, I got my couple guys where, uh, you know, again, I kind of stick with them. But I think this fight, you know, it's, let me ask you this. Like, there's a world where Gaethje <laughs> is a guy that uses his wrestling and doesn't go out and get into brawls. Like, how good is that guy? Man, I, you know, so I, I, I've wavered back and forth on this um, because to some extent, right, like what makes Gaethje hard to deal with is just like he he forward he pressure, makes, force, he, pressure. Like, he makes you brawl. He may, you know, with the exception yeah. of the couple of guys who beat him. Right. Like, you know, Habib didn't brawl with him. Habib wasn't stupid enough to brawl with him. You know, like, I mean, I guess Poye in, in Alvarez did, too. And he kind of like. You know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But yeah, like, I think that's sort of to an extent what makes him good. And here's I, I mean, I know he's got all the wrestling credentials and the amateur wrestling credentials. But like, do you think his wrestling is is better than a lot of these guys at, at lightweight? Because like I, I hear that argument like I don't know. Like I, I, I couldn't tell you like he's got yeah. the wrestling chops but you just so infrequently see it used i can tell you what though he has like really good ground and pound on top mm-hmm. yeah th- th- I, I will say this when he's on top looks great when he's on the bottom looks worse than bad yeah very um, very bad uh, which gate which uh khabib and Oliveira both both exposed relatively easily yeah, he looked flat on the on his back. Like the, one of the first things they teach you in grappling, for those of you out there listening who don't know, is like you just don't lay flat on your back. If you're laying flat on your back, you're in trouble and you're not doing anything to get up. And he was like against Habib was laying flat on his back against one of the best grapplers in the history of MMA was laying flat on his back. So like, yeah, part of me wants to believe that like that's in there and maybe it would have been in there if he honed it from the very beginning. But, like, dude, the dude was getting in wars with Luis Palomino back in World Series of Fighting in the day. 
he he has been this style for long enough that I don't know that it's still in him anymore at the end of the day. And I'll just throw this out here too. I don't think Faziev is the guy to do it against. Um, even if this w- was something he could dial back and suddenly be like, you know, whatever version of a wrestler he was, I don't know that Faziev is a guy you take down regularly. Do you? No, no. And, and, you know, and all that, all that just to say, like, Gage is going to come out here and not march to the center and throw a bomb yeah. to this guy. Um, <laughs> it, right. It's just, that's just Dustin Gage. And that's why everybody, you know, most people love him. The guy is a, a walking highlight, like what an apt nickname, like very, you know, very apt. Uh, he's going to march, march to the center of the cage. He's, he's going to throw bombs with Faziev. I just think that, I don't know. I think that he's going to be able to weather the storm. I think he's going to be able to drop Faziev. Um, again, like, I don't think he's going to have to worry about the takedown and the grappling at all. And it's going to be one of those insane fights. I, I find it very, very hard to believe this fight is going to go all three rounds. Somebody's getting finished and, uh, I'm going with Gaethje with the plus odds here. All right. And that brings us to the final of our fights on this card. It is of course the trilogy fight that we talked about at the top of the show. Uh, Kamar Usman versus Leon Rocky Edwards in a 170 pound title fight for all the marbles. Let us start with the challenger first. That's right. The challenger Kamar Usman, the Nigerian nightmare, 35 years old. That's four years older than Leon Edwards. He's 20 and two in his pro career. He's six foot tall, 76 inch reach, two inches shorter, two inches of reach advantage. He's 15 and one in the UFC. He was three and zero in legacy, which by the way, was an organization when he was not in the UFC legacy. And he was two and zero on the ultimate fighter while becoming the ultimate fighter champion. Leon Edwards, Rocky Edwards, four years younger than Nigerian nightmare. He's 20 and three with a no contest, two inches taller, two inches of reach disadvantage, 12, two in a no contest in the UFC. He was the Bama champion before coming here where he was five in. zero. despite being the one who won his last fight, despite being the guy who is so far had the last laugh, Leon Edwards is a plus two Oh five underdog to the challenger. The Nigerian nightmare, Kamara Usman, negative 255. I got to turn it over to you for the, the last first pick here. Uh, who you got? So I got Kamara Usman. I think I'm, I'm relatively confident with that pick. Um, I do think people are still kind of sleeping on Leon Edwards a little bit. You know, the, the thing that I was saying this week is I think Kamara, I mean, Leon Edwards, a lot of the fight, he just looked disinterested. Like he didn't want to be there. He was just letting Usman push him around. He had a good first round, but after that, he just fell flat for the whole fight and he was still able to dig deep. And again, the moment, like the timing, the, the crowd reaction, like that was like an all-time moment in MMA. Like people are going to be talking about that kick regardless of what happens in this fight for for years and years down the road. I just think Kamaru is, is Kamaru's the real deal, man. Uh, the guy is super well-rounded. I, I thought he was having far more success on the feet against Edwards. He was able to push him against the cage. He was able to take him down a ton in the first fight. He was able to take him down a ton in the second fight. Um, and I think he's just going to be hungry. You know, he hasn't been the challenger in a long time. So I think, I think that's probably reinvigorated some, some hunger in him. I think he's going to come out there and uh, I, I think he's just going to march forward and kind of, and kind of start putting on Leon Edwards early. Um, if Leon can't keep his back off the cage and keep himself upright, I think he's going to struggle uh, a lot in this fight. I agree with you entirely. I'm also going Kamara Usman. Look, I, I recognize what, what Leon Edwards did. I, I think what Leon Edwards did was amazing. It was huge. It, it, like you said, one of those moments people will talk about it. Uh, 
Holly Holm head kick on Ronda Rousey-esque. People will talk about this. But at the end of the day, he was losing that fight. And like you said, if Usman fights a smarter fight, if he puts his back up against the cage more often, if he stays away from striking range more often, he's going to be safe in this one. And I think he's hungry. The only worry I possibly have is sometimes people's headspace changes after getting knocked out like that. Usman doesn't strike me as that guy. Maybe it will. Maybe this will wind up changing him for the worst forever. But yeah, I'm going Usman too. I I think he's got this one. So that's going to do it for our main card breakdown. Let me give you guys the quick recap of the picks. And then we will get you to our locks, dogs, and our props. Uh, We both got Usman. We split. I got Faziev. Kurt has got Justin Gaethje. We both got Gunnar Nelson. We both got Casey O'Neill. And we both... Love the value on Roman Delize. So uh, that brings us to our lock dog and prop of the week. I'm going to go first this time. I'll give you a little bit of time so you can stare at the odds a little bit uh, as I put you on the spot. Um, I'm going to go with my lock to start this week. I'm going to take Christian Leroy Duncan, uh, the, the first of the two Duncans, the English of the two Duncans. Negative 215, you know, I mentioned before, I think that range is going to give a lot of trouble uh, to Dusko Todorovic. I think he's going to keep that range. I think he's got exceptional knockout power. I think he's going to wind up making Todorovic pay. So, yeah, give me Christian Leroy Duncan as my lock. Uh, Who's your lock for this week, Kurt? I am going to go with uh, Sam Patterson, Uh, minus 275. I just think, like, kind of like we talked about on the – Prelim part of this show, I just think his reach and just the physical tools he's going to have over, uh, you know, Ashma is just going to be too much. Totally agree with you on that one. Uh, I was really close to picking Patterson as well. I, I think I, I may even have a little something for you guys later about Patterson if you're hanging on for the Hungry Man Jong Super Fan Parlay. So get waiting for that. Um, in the meantime, uh, my underdog of the week, I'm going to take Jai Herbert. Uh, I think Jai Herbert's range is going to be really, 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 really tricky here for Ludovic Klein. Uh, I think the height and all of that put together. And I think people are sleeping on how good his hands are. So give me Jai Herbert plus 165. I like that one a lot. For my underdog, I am going to go with – good one. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to just go, go with the man uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I, th- I thought you were going to. Yeah, like too, like I, I will say this. We said this about – Delize, and I will say it now about Gaethje, that line doesn't seem great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, plus one, uh, and I mean that from a, a guy picking Faziev, right? Like, I, I don't, I'm not thrilled about being in on Faziev at that kind of price, because I'll, I'll tell you what, Gaethje, 190, with a dude who swings it and bangs it, uh, I will say, uh, always is a live, live number. Now, I will tell you what number I do like from this fight, and that is my prop of the week. I'm going to take Rafael Faziev, the aforementioned, and I said before, I don't like him at that gross money line that we were just talking about of negative 235, but what I do like him at is the knockout prop at plus 120. Uh, If he's going to beat Gaethje, he's going to have to put him away, right? Like, I don't think he's going to go out there and win a decision. Yeah, this fight is not going 15 minutes. I will be shocked if it does. So, yeah, give me uh, Faziev inside the distance. I'll, I'll even take TKO. He's not going to sub him. Plus 120. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to go with uh, Gunnar Nelson by submission. You're getting that at uh, plus odds. You're getting a, a straight plus 100. But, uh, man, I, I think I think that's the route he's going to have to go. I don't think he's going to have much success standing with Barbarana for 
long stretches of the fight, and we've seen Barbarana get subbed before. That's Gunnar Nelson's specialty. Uh, let me throw the money on it. I dig it. Now, we are going to switch last and not least to our Super Fanjong Hungry Man Parlay. This is uh, one one parlay, two fights, at least 10 to 1 odds, and I'm going to give you much better than 10 to 1 this week. I'm going to give you plus 1260. First part of that, I'm going to take Kurt's lock of the week, Sam Patterson. I'm going to take him by submission. Sam Patterson by submission, and let me tell you something. I love his chokes. I love his long arms. I love what he does when he gets on the ground, and he's going to be fighting a guy who's trying to get in on him to the ground, plus 300 for Sam Patterson by submission. An absolute steal, in my opinion. And I'm going to pair that with, get this, I'm not even using a prop this week to pair it. I'm going to put him with Roman Delize's money line. We talked about what a tremendous value that that fight was. Plus 240, you pair plus 240 with plus 300, and that is plus 1260. All right. A lot of money. Oh, yeah, a lot of money. And we hit... We had a couple of those last year. We had one at, uh, we had, uh, Billy Quarantillo and Chris Curtis both win by knockout on one card. And it was plus 1460 or something like that. Well, some sort of big number. It was, it was a good one. Uh, but okay. it's going to be a good one this weekend. It is going to be a good one. Uh, both the pay-per-view card, the prelim card, which by the way, go back and listen to our prelim episode. And of course, it's going to be a good betting night for all of those involved. Of course, to become more involved, make sure you get in on the discord at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord. Uh, you can also become involved in our prop contest by joining that. You can find it in the discord or on the Twitter channel. You could also follow us on Twitter at SGPN MMA at Gumby Freeland and at KCPKO for our guest host, Kurt Chase Patrick. Um, and of course, as always, make sure to read all of our stuff on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I've got some baseball articles going up there. Baseball season right around the corner. Very excited for it. So uh, make sure you check that out as well. Um, And that's going to do it for UFC 286. Hope you guys enjoy the fights happening bright and early on Saturday. Uh, And until Sunday, I will be Daniel W. Freeland, and he is Kurt Chase Patrick, and we will catch you then.